Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. I, I, I want to just continue on this, this theme called Overcomer. Stand to your feet with me. As you turn your Bibles to the book of John, I want to read you a scripture out of John chapter 16 regarding being an overcomer. I believe that in every one of us is an overcomer waiting to come out. Every one of us has a story, that something that you've overcome, something that you've struggled through, something that you've powered through. And I want you to recognize, whatever battle you're facing today is your overcoming story tomorrow. I don't think you caught that. Let me say that again. Whatever you're battling today becomes your overcoming story tomorrow. So as you're sitting here right now and you're listening to these stories and you're thinking, well, man, I don't have a testimony like that. And then all of a sudden you find yourself facing a struggle that you're like, man, God, why do I have to go through this? Your problem's not a problem. It's your promotion. And so in John chapter 16, verse 33, it says this, I have told you all this, Jesus is speaking, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. How many can agree with that? Anyone gone through some junk in life? How, how many have gone through some, let's try trials, you've gone through some trials? All right, keep that hand up. How many of you have gone through some sorrows? I want you to recognize there's a difference between a trial and a sorrow. A trial is what we face at times in order to perfect our faith. Our sorrow is something that we face when someone else is going through a test. Our trials that we face are for us, but the sorrows we go through is when we see someone else hurting, when we see a pain going on in someone's life, and we find ourselves struggling, that we grow through the struggles that we go through and the struggles other people face as well. So here on earth, you will have many trials. I, I, that, that, that theology that's out there that you'll never have a problem, never have a situation, I don't know where they got that from. Jesus promised that you're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. But. Everyone say but. Now don't call me a but. Just say but. Take heart. Because I have overcome the world. If the overcomer lives in you, guess what? You're an overcomer. If the overcomer lives in you, you are an overcomer. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You see, we do all have a story and there's a, there's a conqueror in each and every one of us. An overcomer that dwells in every person in this house this morning. But I need you to understand something. Being an overcomer, and listen closely, being an overcomer is not a matter of, of chance, it's a matter of choice. Everyone, according to the Bible, everyone is going to go through a trial and a sorrow. But you have to make a choice to be an overcomer. you got to make a choice to recognize, I will not allow what I'm going through end up defeating me. 
I'm going to overcome what I'm struggling. Listen, if I would have allowed the death of my daughter to, to really, the, the power of what we went through, if I would have allowed that to defeat me, or to defeat me, or to keep me down, I, I, it would have been very easy to crawl up into a ball, close the church up, and say, God, you didn't heal my daughter the way I wanted you to, so as a result, I'm not going to preach your word anymore. I'm going back home, and I'm not going to go any farther. It would have been very very easy to do that and no one would have blamed me for doing so but overcomers don't do that overcomers recognize you know what this sucks but you know I'm getting back up and I'm moving forward I'm going to continue to fight I'm going to get back up I'm going to get into the fight and I'm going to keep on fighting until I win this thing and I know in every person in this house right now that overcoming is not a matter of chance it's a matter of choice you got to make a choice as you're sitting here right now you got to make a choice that you know what I'm going to overcome whatever you're facing right now I'm going to overcome it I'm going to get through this I want to talk to you about an overcomer this morning with on Father's Day by the name of Joseph. Now, Joseph, his name means increaser. And I love that because our theme this year was increase. And so his name means increaser. And that also as a lifestyle, we're talking about Joseph, the father of Jesus. He was a builder, a carpenter. And now follow me on this. All right. For those of you stepfathers in here, now let me rephrase that, uh, not stepfathers, fathers that stepped in. Amen. Okay? No such thing as a stepfather, fathers that stepped in. All right? I need you to understand, whether those children are yours biologically or otherwise, God's the one that chose you to raise that child because he knew you had what it took in you to develop and to shape that child into what God intended that child to be. Do you understand God handpicked Joseph to be the father of Jesus? Picked him out and said, you know what? You have the perfect personality. You have the, you're an increaser. You're a builder. So you know how to build things out of nothing. I'm going to give you the son of God. Can you imagine Joseph trying to teach the son of God about God? <laughs> now listen, creator of the world. Let me tell you about the creator of the world. You imagine little Jesus sitting there thinking, you're trying to teach me about God. I am God. Yet... Joseph had the perfect makeup to raise this child and to develop him in to what God created him to be. Every father in here, listen to me. You have exactly what it takes. My kid needs someone better than me. No, they, you have exactly what it takes for your child to become everything that child is to become in Christ. You got it. Well, I blew it. I did. You know what? My dad was the perfect person to raise me. I didn't feel he was perfect in the time I was growing up. He believed in spare the rod, spoil the child. The belt was my dad's favorite friend. Favorite tool in raising kids. But you know what? He had exactly what it took to raise me. God knew what I needed. My dad had what it took to get me to the point of where God wanted me. Now, I want to talk to you about Joseph. Joseph is to be married to a young lady by the name of Mary. Everyone say Mary. Mary. Mary's a virgin, okay? She, and that, that means for those of you, you know, that virgin is a word that we don't hear of very often in today's society. 
For those of you that don't know what a virgin is, a virgin is a young lady that keeps herself until marriage. Okay? Hasn't had sexual relationships. I know that might be, in school they don't teach that anymore. But I want you to know, a man doesn't want, a man is looking for a young lady that has kept herself. He wants to party with the girl that gives herself out to everyone, but he wants to marry the girl that's kept herself. Hey, listen, if your daddy ain't going to teach it to you, I'll teach it to you. Hey, I, 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 I wanted to party with the girls, but I didn't want to marry them. I married the one that I wanted. Okay, let's go on. All right. He gets, he's going to marry this young lady by the name of Mary. He goes and Mary's there and he goes over to Mary and says he wants to marry her. But in those days when you were going to marry, I'm sorry, my wife's here. I can't marry you in this service, okay? <laughs> I use her as an example in the first service. But if I'm going to marry her and I come to marry her, I have to go to her dad. And her dad, I have to go to her dad to get permission. And so when I go to her dad, in the old days when you were going to marry someone, the father and I would make a deal on how much she would, he would, she would cost. Look at all the ladies looking, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. You guys are tripping right now, aren't you? Like, what? They did, oh, that's, that, that's archaic, that's wrong, that shouldn't happen. Listen to me, it still happens today. What am I talking about? The father is the one that determines the value of his daughters. That's why I've been taking my daughters out on dates. I, don't, I want any guy that comes in after my daughters to look at them and say, my daughters to look at them and say, you know what, man, you can't compare to how my dad treats me. My dad treats me. I took my daughter. I took, I took Jack's re- recently. We went to the grill at the Fairmont. Came rolling up, valet park, walked inside. Had, I, I picked her up at the house as well. I went to the house, washed the car, went to the front door, rang the doorbell. And she, show, you know, she opens the door. She's standing there in her dress. And I'm standing there with a dozen roses. I said, I'm here to pick up Jacqueline. And I came up to, to my wife and said, can I take her out? You know, we'll be home at this time. I'm taking her here. I'm taking her at this time. We're going to do this. And so we took pictures. We went out the door, opened the door for her, got her in, and we went out. We, you know, she's all nervous. She's fumbling her hands. as we're, she, She's telling her sister, what are me and dad going to talk about? I don't know what to say. How, what do we do? And so we get out there. We sit down. And we sit down at this incredibly fancy restaurant. And we're sitting there. And we're, we're going through the process. And I'm watching her. And I'm looking at this, this little girl that has become a young lady. And as we're, we're going through the evening, I'm opening the door for her, closing the door. I'm, I'm, I'm helping her. We're, we're talking. We're sharing. And, and this whole process, we're, we're, we're sharing information. We're talking. We're, we're having a great time. And it's not the amount of money that we spent on the dinner that was important. It was the fact that I was letting her know how valuable she is. Now, now I, I need you to follow me on this. And so I would go to the father, and we would figure out what the price is. Once the price was agreed upon, we're married. For all intents and purposes, we're married. But I would then go, and the father, I would go build a house for her. I would get a place prepared for her. 
And when I finally finished, I would have to build the house. Gentlemen, we're the ones that build the homes our family dwell in. You might have bought it. You might not have built it with your hands. But you're the one that develops the home that your family lives in with the attitude, with the covering and everything. You're the one that builds the home. And after he builds the home, he then goes to the father and says, okay, the house is done. Now, though she never knows when the bridegroom's going to show up. It's not like today we're going to get married on this date. They agreed to get married, and at that point, she had to be ready whenever I showed up. And so I would go once I finished the house, and I would go to dad, and dad would come over, and he would look at the house and say, "Mm, you know what, hey, good job, my daughter can live here, or, "Uh uh-uh, my daughter's not living in this jacked-up place. You fix this. You get it right before you bring her here. And only when the father approved it was the wedding commenced. And so as soon as that time came, she never knew when I would show up to say, hey. (laughs) Joseph's all excited, but something happens. Problem takes place. He makes the deal with Mary's dad. He starts building the house. And while he's building the house, all of a sudden, rumors start in this little community of 400 people. Did you hear about Mary? Hey, where'd Mary go? Mary's not even here. He dude's building the house and she left. Girl's gone. She went, she went up to the mountains. She ain't even around anymore. Man, if he finishes the house and comes to see her, she's not even around. She took off on him. She left him alone. You know what? I heard, I heard she's pregnant. I, all of a sudden, how do you deal with the broken heart? How do you deal when you're right with God, you're doing things the right way, and everything that you're building up, all your happiness comes crashing down? What do you do in your family when you're doing all the things the right way and things still go wrong in your family? Things still go wrong in your community. Things still go wrong and you get laid off at work. Someone gets sick that you love or all of a sudden a relationship ends. How do you deal with the broken heart? How do you overcome? You see, there's no books that tell us how to do that. But I want to show and share with you three simple things that Joseph did as we bring this to a close this morning. What an overcomer does. What does an overcomer do when their heart's broken? How do you overcome? How do you go beyond? Number one, I need you to understand that things aren't always as they seem. Things are not always as they seem. Here we are, we have Mary taking off. She goes to Elizabeth's house and all of a sudden she's gone. Well, he's building and he hears rumors that she's gone and he's wondering, where did she go? And now he starts thinking the worst. Mary's gone. She's, she, she left me. She, I'm all by myself. What happened? And she, she's sleeping with another dude. She's pregnant now. And all these things start running through his mind. My friend, I need you to understand something. Overcomers realize not everything is as they seem. Sometimes what we do when something goes wrong, we start thinking the worst. And our mind starts going crazy on us. 
In the book of Genesis, we find uh, Israel as an old man. And all of a sudden, the sons come to him and say, Hey, Dad, uh, we, we, we ran out of food. We have to go back and get some more food. And he says, Listen, but, but we have to bring our youngest brother with us in order to get the food. And it's amazing what his, he says. He goes, No, no, I can't take this anymore. He goes, Joseph is dead. Simeon is no more. And now you want to take my youngest son from me? All these things are against me. But you know what? Israel didn't realize Joseph wasn't dead. He was really alive and he was in charge of all of Egypt. That Simeon wasn't dead. He was in prison, but his father was watching over him. And that the youngest one wasn't going to be taken and put in jail or killed, but he was going to be blessed beyond measure in a moment. I need you to understand, when you put your faith in God and God has a promise over your life, things aren't always as they seem. You've got to put your faith in God in the midst of the troubles you're going through. Second thing I want you to notice is this. Is that overcomers hear from God. You don't know how many times when I see families and people going through struggles, the first thing they do is they turn off their tuner to God. Soon as we go through trouble, soon as we go through trial, all of a sudden we try to fix everything on our own. We try to use our wisdom, our ideas, and we try to get advice from all these people, but we don't listen to what God says. We lose our ability to dream. We lose our ability to hear from God. But I want you to notice in the midst of everything going on, I want you to check out this scripture. We're almost done. Stay with me. All right? But after he had considered this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph had a dream. When we go through trials and tribulations, we stop dreaming. When we go through trials and tribulations, we stop hearing God. And I need you to understand, in the midst of every trouble and trial that we go through, doesn't it stand to reason that when trials come up, we need to hear from God more when the trial is happening than when times are good? Overcomers have the ability to hear from God. Third thing I want you to notice about overcomers is this. Overcomers do it. Whatever God says, they do it. Just do it. What's amazing is this, is that the Bible says in the next verse, verse 24 of chapter 1 of Matthew, is that as, Mo, as, as jo, uh, Joseph hears from God, it says that the very next mo- morning he woke up and he did what the angel of God told him to do. So many times we're waiting for another word from God. God, what do I do? I just told you. God, what do I do? I told you. Where should I go, God? Give me another word. I'm not going to give you another word. I just gave you the word. Just do what I told you to do. And we're always looking for another prophetic word, another word, someone else to tell us what to do instead of doing what God told us to do at the first place. Overcomers have the ability to do it. You got to just do it. You got to get up. The Bible said no delay. There's a time to act. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. Don't tell me you have faith if you're not putting it into action. So he goes and he takes Mary in and his, as his wife, and he does what every good dad does. And every, every dad here, I want you to understand, every man as well, you know, whether you're a boy or a man, it's in us. God places in men is that every man has the provider, the protector, and the priest in them. A father has these things in them. 
Every father is a protector. You know what? Don't let no one come into my house and try to take my stuff. I may be a man of God, but I'll fire you up. Think I'm kidding? Come over. I love God, but I love my family too. And you try to step up to my family, it's on. You might be bigger than me, I'll bite your big toe off in order to take care of my family. Why? Because that's what men do. They protect. Joseph protect Mary. He watched over her. He could have had her killed, but instead he protected her. Fathers, it's up to us to protect our families. It's time for us to cover our families. It's time for us to watch over our families. we got to provide. It's a man's responsibility to work for his household. Now listen to me, gentlemen. I don't mean to be rude, but some of y'all, you know, if you're dis- 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 disabled and you're, you're getting help, that's one thing. But if you have the ability to work, get off disability, go get a job, and take care of your family. <laughs> Drives me crazy to see men sitting back and getting a check for doing nothing and not going out and taking care of your family. That's what God created men to do. We provide. Not just get by. Stop being in survival mode and start taking care of your family. That's our call. That's our responsibility. It's not my wife's responsibility to earn the paycheck for my family. It's mine. Now, thank God she works. All the men say, in this day and age, we need two two incomes. You know what I'm talking about. But you know what? If she doesn't work, it's not on her. It's still on me. I'm the provider for the home. You know what? Provision isn't just financial provision. Provision is providing love. Providing understanding. Providing an example. Providing grace. You see, gentlemen, you're the picture of God in your household. Would God act the way you're acting right now? In the midst of your argument with your wife, in the midst of the way you're dealing with your kids, would God act the way you're acting? Because if he wouldn't, shame on you. You're not, a, you're, not, you're not representing my father the right way. Man up. Well, I'm being a man. No, you're not. You're being a little chabala. Stand up. Stand up and be the man that God... Sometimes being a man means kneeling your knee down and saying, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Last thing is a priest. Joseph was a priest. You imagine him trying to teach Jesus about God. That just blows me away. Yet he did it. Theologians say that Jesus was 18 years old when Joseph died. And so why didn't Jesus preach right away? Because his father died and someone had to provide and take care of the family. So Jesus worked until his siblings were at an age that they could take care of mom. And it wasn't until their siblings were at a point where they could take care of the family, then and only then did he go into ministry. Your family should not suffer because of ministry, gentlemen. Don't get people to hate church because of you. We're the priests. We're the representation of God to our family. Joseph was that to his family. That's what an overcomer is all about. What's an overcomer? Let me show you what an overcomer is all about right now. His name is Juan Jaime. 
He's an individual that whose family, first, he's a first-generation Hispanic here in the United States. Family came over when he was a 13 or 14 years old, had great visions of great things taking place, but the American dream became the American nightmare. But he made a decision. He was not going to allow what happened to him to happen through him. He made a decision to take a step up. You know what? Where all the other family members were doing certain things, he decided to go a different direction. He went to college. He graduated. You know what? In fact, I'm going to shut up. Take a look at this. My name is Juan Jaime, and I'm an overcomer. I was born and raised in uh, Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico. I had a pretty good childhood. I have an older sister, and I have a younger sister. My mom never really had to work. My dad owned a small little business in Mexico. Life was good, you know, we, we were growing up. I remember coming home and my mom always had a, a meal ready for us. My dad's goal was to give us a better opportunity for our futures. My dad decided to start coming to the United States just like all my uncles to, you know, make some more money. By the time I, we got 13, 14 years old, he decided to bring all of us to the United States. Some of the struggles we had when we first came to the United States was obviously number one, the English. In Mexico, I felt that it was more like a family. Here, we all had to work to make ends meet, so I would come home and nobody was home. When we were here, uh, we were trying to make things work, but uh, it just couldn't happen. You know, there was too much besides the financial stress of the house, uh, us moving almost every six months to a different place. My mom got tired of that. My dad was trying to make things happen. Uh, so when I was 16, almost 17 years old, uh, my parents decided to split out. When we all got together and talked about, you know, that my parents were gonna be separated, uh, we came here, so we, we, went, we came here as a family, and now we're all here, everybody's splitting out different places. It was disappointment in the sense that they make it sound, you know, the American dream, but it turned into the American nightmare. sister. I move out on my own. I, I had to support myself. My parents always been there for me, but it's never the same. You know, when you were, when you were raised with a family and not, they're not there anymore, it's pretty tough. Uh, when I moved out on my own, I was 16. I ended up living with my cousin. Uh, we had to pay rent. It was three or four of us in one garage. I was the only one at that point going to school, so I would wake up in the morning, you know, go, go to school, right after that, two, three jobs. A senior year, some of my friends were talking about college and the schools they were applying to, and and it was tough because I, I couldn't apply. I, I, my parents never saved any money for me to go to school. The last quarter of high school, I got I got called into to the office, and they told me that there's a university, uh, the National Hispanic University in San Jose, that they want me to go uh, through, it's called the Mathematicals program, it was a scholarship, and I, I went to college right after, right after high school. During college, uh, I continued to keep working. I met my beautiful wife, Veronica, got married a couple years after. You know, I graduated with my business administration major with minor in marketing. I graduated from, from college and I couldn't find a job. So my dad offered me to go and work with him and do plumbing and construction. Unfortunately, uh, when you think of like the people like me, Latinos, that were born and raised in a different country, we come here for opportunity, 
but we end up working, you know, in construction or plumbing or landscaping. I wanted to do something different, so it was just, it was disappointing to me when I, when I saw myself doing it, being a plumbing in construction. But I know I, I, that's not what I wanted to be long term. Me and my wife, we bought our first home when, when we were 21, 22 years old. Bills start piling up. Me and my wife, we start arguing a lot. It, it reminded me a lot of what I saw when I was 16, 17 years old. After a year and a half of struggles, uh, I got an opportunity to make extra income. And I got hired. I started the business. And in the process also there, I met a group became a really good friend of mine which he's the one that eventually introduced me to CWC. So about six years ago, I, I got introduced to CWC, and that's when I really felt that I gave my, my life to the Lord. And uh, after that, you know, everything, everything changed. Everything got better. My relationship with my wife has just been getting better and better and better. Uh, we have a five-year-old now, his name is Jacob. I'm doing great in my company. I'm actually in the process to become the CEO in the next couple months. And the, and the business size is great with the family. Uh, today when we're recording this, I'm, I'm actually getting my keys of a second home that we purchased in Morgan Hill. Thanks to God, he blessed us. Uh, and right now the way I feel is like I'm doing something that I really wanted to do. I, I broke the cycle. I'm not doing what my parents did. I'm not doing what my uncle's doing. Now my goal is to impact others, but it's, it all happened because uh, no quitting mentality. Uh, everything, it's always a struggle in the process. But as long as you know the beginning and the end, everything else is going to work itself out. My name is Juan Jaime, and I'm an overcomer. Come on, welcome with me, Juan Jaime. Veronica, why don't you come up as well? Pardon me, How'd you do it, man? I mean, you go from the American nightmare. How did you turn it back into the American dream? Uh, I, ch I just knew I wanted it, you know? I wanted it. It's okay, man. It's okay. It's emotional. There's some tissue right behind you. <laughs> here, Hito. Come here. Come here. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just, uh, like I, I told you in the early service, I, I just knew I wanted to do something better. I saw all these people doing it. If they can do it, I can do it too. What's amazing is that I look at you. You come over. Your parents get a divorce. I don't know how many of you in here, you probably, you've experienced that. Your parents split up and you found yourself struggling. You, you find yourself living in a garage with your, your, your cousins. No future. What made you decide to go to college? I just wanted to do, um, I read a book, and I don't remember the name, but I was like 16, 15 years old, and they said, if you want to have what other people don't have, you have to do what other people don't do. I just, I just, that, that stuck to my head. And then I, I, I saw, none of my family went to college, so I'm like, all right, so I'll go to college. Mm. You know, like, it, I, I just did the opposite, you know? And then I... <laughs> Good. Good. It, w it wasn't easy, you know. Uh, like, like I said there, I gave up, I gave up sports. Uh, you know, I couldn't play sports because I had to go to work. 
I had a couple multiple coaches come in and talk to me to play football and baseball, and my choice was I had to work, you know. Uh, right after high school, I had to go Little Caesars, landscaping, plumbing, anything that will make me money, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, like, like I said, inside me, uh, my biggest thing that I always wanted to do is my parents sacrifice a lot. Okay, man. It's all right. So proud of you, man. So proud of you. Veronica, why don't you come on up here with me? And this little hottie is his wife. So proud of you guys. You know, what's a trip is as you watch the video, too, you see the pictures of him. You're a little chunkier. You know? And... You not only made, the thing I love about this young man is that he made a choice to get healthy as well. And so he goes, hey, pastor, I'm, you know, I saw him walking into church one day and I hadn't seen him in like 90 days. He wasn't at church for a while. And I was like, hey, what's going on? He goes, well, I'm doing P90X. I, de- I decided to start working. And he came, he was looking great, looked great. I was like, oh my gosh. So what's he do? He buys me the P90X thing. He goes, here, pastor, you need this. <laughs> But every single time you've come up against a struggle, you didn't settle for it. You went after it to change it. Whether it was marital issues, whether it was financial issues, you went after it. Tell me about your business. What are you doing business-wise now? Uh, Business is good. I'm an executive director. uh, In San Francisco, you guys know that, Point and Building, Transamerica. I'm a director there, and uh, right now with uh, the organization I have, within the next couple months, if not, maybe by the end of this month, I'll be a CEO of the company, so it's a, it's a big deal. So financially side is working out good. So like, like you said, every time I saw something, I had a mentality it was like, that's not going to break me. You know, I'm just going to move forward. This is, this is something that is for me to do better. And I'll be honest with you, coming to this, this home right here, it's great. Amen. Amen. What do you think about all this? amazing like I told him first service I was crying now I could compose myself (laughs) Um, but I'm very proud of him like he said this is our home I have been blessed with a good man and he accepted the Lord six years ago and that's all I wanted y'all gotta stop Get a brother. I'm so proud of you guys. Your little, your little guy. He looks just like you. I know. Look at all the speaks on there. Jacob. He looks just like you. They just bought their home. They, they last weekend they were moving into it. They're still in the process of their second home. And I need you to understand something. You're sitting there right now, and you're thinking, "Wow, it's so amazing what they've gone through and where they're at right now." That's a, it's in you. You're one decision away from breakthrough. One choice away from bringing breakthrough in your life. This doesn't have to be their story. It could be yours. One choice. One decision away. You're one step away from transformation. No one can make that choice for you. It's yours. 
You're the one that has to make the decision to step across the line. You're the one that has to make the decision for your family. And all the stuff they have is great. I want him to be our first church millionaire. I want it to happen because they're faithful givers. But the house, the cars, the job mean nothing. I won't say nothing, excuse me. Aren't as important to her as her husband being the priest of the home. By knowing God, by bringing God's presence, because you could have all those things without God, you're empty. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.